Welcome back to the Full Court Press. AJ Adam Aj Salveson here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM The Fan, 106.9thefan.com, and on our free mobile app, 106.9thefan. Uh, Utah State men's basketball season's already down the stretch. Two games left to go and a big one tomorrow night inside the spectrum against Colorado State, a team that is really top 25 caliber. And joining us here on the Full Court Press, lead assistant to the Utah State men's basketball staff, it is Nate Dixon here on the line. Coach, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Uh, we're good. Uh, Coach, big one tomorrow night. Obviously, Colorado State seems to be a massive problem. Two guys that are competing not only uh, for a chance at a conference championship, but two guys on this team in uh, Stevens and in Roddy who could be first team all Mount West Conference. What have you seen out of the squad? Um, you know, they're they're very good. I mean, obviously, their their record speaks for itself. Uh, you know, they've, they've, they've had a very good run. Um, what are they, 23 and 5 or 22 and 4? I think they're 22 and 4 off the top of my head. And, you know, with four losses, that's pretty good in a very, very, very tough Mountain West Conference. They've proven over and over that, you know, they can excel uh, in a lot of different areas. And, you know, Roddy and, and has really stepped it up the last several games. I know he's, uh, you know, he's, he, uh, he's a guy that you can go to. And, you know, they've got other guys. Stevens, Kendall Moore is actually starting to play different offensively, a little more aggressive late in the games. And, you know, it's pretty unique to watch uh, them grow. I mean, Roddy's averaging, I'm, I'm looking here now, it's like 21 and a half, I think. We talked about it yesterday in our meeting, and, you know, in the last five games, that's pretty good numbers, 21 and a half and like seven and a half rebounds. It's pretty good. So, you know, they're four and one in those five games, and they've had a tough stretch. And, you know, obviously they had a close game with Wyoming the other night at home, and, you know, then then they've had Boise. I mean, they've had a tough stretch, but you know what? We have too. So, um, you know, the Mountain West is very challenging this year. You know, they'll be a formidable opponent, um, and we look forward to it. Coach, you had a close one with them the last time you played, 77-72 at their place. What were some of the things that have changed for Utah State and some of the things you've seen change for them now in this matchup, what, almost a month and a half later? Well, you know, they, they still are, are one of the uh, – you know, they don't they don't turn the ball over. They're very good at that. They take care of the ball. They're very efficient on offense. They're one of the better couple of teams offensively in our league on number points. Um Field goal percentage, it's above 50 on offense. And, and we both kind of compare. We're at like 52 or 53, and they're at like 52. We're basically a couple point percentages, uh, tenths of a point, you know, away from each other. But they're, they're very good offensively. They're, they're, they're better defensively than a lot of people, numbers-wise, give them credit for being. Uh, you know, they really do a good job. I mean, they, they spread you. They're tough. You know, the physicality of the game will certainly be an issue. Uh, that we will have to contend to. And, you know, when the ball goes up, we're going to have to, you know, hold ground and, you know, we're going to have to fight Roddy in the post. And Roddy's been shooting a lot of threes and making threes, so that poses another challenge. So, You guys get Brock Miller back. He played 13 minutes against New Mexico, went one to three from the field. I'm sure it was good to see him come back. What does he do for the squad on the court? You know, on the court, off the court, because obviously he's only played now in two games uh, this conference season now with two left in the regular season. And, you know, having him the first uh, game go out, you know, he didn't shoot the ball well. He, you know, he didn't play Brock Miller light. But, you know, he brings he brings a level of just stretching the floor because, you know, he, he, he can really shoot the ball when he's, when he's going. Um, and he has confidence to shoot it, which helps our offense um, with spacing. But he just he, he's better defensively than people think. You know, Brock just knows how to play. He knows how to use his angles. He knows how to use his strength. You know, we've really missed him. Uh, doesn't mean our other guys haven't stepped up, and it's helped our program. 
but getting him back, I mean, he's just a leader, you know, on and off the court doing the right things. I mean, actually, he's his wife's due in the next week, uh, you know, to have their first child. And so he's got a lot on his plate. It's good to see him have him back. And, you know, he's always smiling. He's a happy-go-lucky guy. You know, he didn't know how much coach was going to play him the other night. He got 13 minutes, and, you know, he really gave us a good boost. You know, we need we need that right now. You know, we've been up and down here lately, and we needed some uh, a good boost of energy, and he certainly gave it to us. And, you know, we feel like he'll do the same thing here down the stretch. So, Coach Dixon from Utah State Men's Basketball. Speaking of that up and down, Coach, what is the difference you've seen in your team, right? Because it's just kind of a roller coaster situation, right? You guys had all those close games, like – single-digit scores, and he went on that streak, and now some of these games are starting to get away from you. What have you seen that's been the difference in the Aggies in those kind of three stretches? Well, i tell you what. We've we've had a lot of injuries that people don't really think much about, and we don't try to dwell on them because, you know, it's kind of next-man-up mentality with Coach and the staff and, you know, how he likes to do things. And, you know, you recruit kids and or kids that are in your program. Obviously, we inherited a lot. And, you know, these guys are good kids. They work hard. They've got, you know, we just got to finish out of close games. I mean, I know going in to the Wyoming game four games ago, we were we were one of the last. We were three fifty two or three fifty three in luck. You know, I, none of us really believe in luck. You know, it's kind of like you, you know, it's a weird weird statistic that that I never looked at until I finally did there because there's other teams in our league that are top ten in the country in it. So, you know, luck I guess is if you're supposed to win the game by two, then you lose by two or whatever. You know, it's a one basket game, but there was a point where there were six games that we had we had lost, and it was twenty one points in the league. So you know, we've had we've had our share of close ones, but we've also had our share of injuries or sicknesses. You know, Brandon and Bean were out a little bit with some sickness before we played a league game three or four back. Um, weren't sure we were going to have them for the game. You know, Riley goes out with a concussion. Brock's been out with a back. Um, you know, we've obviously had other injuries as well, but it's, you know, it's just a matter of can you get everybody healthy and make a run here, you know, uh, in, in the conference tournament or certainly here at the end of the season, try to you know, get on an upward swing going into it. So, you know, we're excited. Last game was the first time we've had everybody back since uh, the first of, really the first of January. December 29th, Brock goes down. We haven't had everybody. We've been one two or three starters out the whole conference season until the other night. So, uh, Coach, another distraction for a player who's dealing with some adversity right now off the court, and that's Max Shulga with his family living in Ukraine and Ukraine going what they're going through. Um, how is Max doing as a player, and how does the team try to comfort Max um, with his family so far away? You know, it's kind of funny. I think everybody in their own way has sent you know Max messages or asked him at practice. Um I was actually with Max a little bit last night after practice, and, and he said, you know, it's the first time he's really concerned a little bit. You know, I think it's just it's hit home now that it's in the national media differently, and you see, you know, the lights lighting up, and certainly, obviously, the attacks going on on TV is a little different than hearing the news that it could happen or, you know, it's headed that direction. So, you know, we're praying for him. We've told him we're here for him. You know, I know that the first time yesterday is, you know, he did say, you know, my family's safe. Um, I do have concerns, obviously, you know, we do for everyone in that country. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's hard for students and student athletes that are across the country in the U S here and having to watch that at home. But, you know, he says they're safe. They, they, they're not, he told me last night, um, he said they are not, they're not seeing things, but they're hearing the noises, but he said they actually are all there. Um, 
and so far, so you know they're safe, and wow. hopefully, yeah. you know God, God's will, they, you know, things work out there. But we all need to pray for this. This is this kind of a scary time over there for for everyone. So, no, that's that's crazy. I mean, hard to stay focused, but coach, if, as tough as it is, we move back to the basketball court. Uh, you guys, of course, got Colorado State tomorrow night. You close out with San Jose State. Then we're in the Mountain West tournament, and I'm curious, obviously. You and Coach Odom and that staff comes and you guys get brandished, and deservedly so, with that huge win in the March tournament. This Utah State program has had some real success the last few seasons in the Mountain West tournament. How do you combine kind of the veteran players who've been through it multiple times, like Justin Bean, with your guys' experience in terms of preparing for this new conference tournament for your staff? Yeah, it's, it's kind of unique. Last night, actually, um, I was on the phone with someone, and, and, and they said, you know, Bean and, and, and Brock have been through it and won championships, and it's exactly right. That's kind of the point of your question. Uh, you know, you got to rely on those guys to be leaders, you know, and they, they certainly have been all year. And, you know, whether it's on the court, off the court, in practice, in film, in scouting, you know, they, they really, you know, seem to lock in with this group. And I think the group is excited because they know that we have a lot of potential. You know, now we just got to put the potential on the scoreboard here. You know, the, the, the last – you know, two to plus games here. Obviously, we got into the tournament, and you know, we just we've got to find a way to close games in tight situations. We've got to find a way to take care of the ball. We've got to find a way to get a stop when we need it. You know, and and I think that you know their experience having won a lot of games in that tournament, and actually in a tournament setting. You know, they had a success a few years ago down in in, in Jamaica. We were actually there when we were at UNBC on uh, the other bracket and the other side, and you know they had success there. They've had success, obviously. We did in Myrtle Beach this year, um, you know, and COVID obviously, you know, put a damper on some tournaments last year um, overall. But these guys have won, you know, in those type settings. They understand what it takes, and, you know, Coach will do a great job. He always does in preparing, and it's really it's just one game at a time, you know. You, you, you win, you advance, and you can't worry about the next game. You worry about the one at hand and the one that you have that day, and, prepare the best you can for it, give the best effort. And, uh, you know, we'll be looking forward to what we can do, uh, you know, with a setting like that because we've had success and we've got leaders and we've got a team and, and a coach that really is looking forward to it. So, I know you're a no-excuse no kind of a team and a no-excuse kind of a coaching staff as well, but uh, the free throw disparity on the road has been very significant. Both at Boise and uh, Wyoming combined, you gave up 60 free throws. Uh, and credit to your team and your squad, you guys still hung in those games and kept it close. I don't know how else to ask this question, Coach, but do you guys feel like you got respect from the Mount West Conference, from the officials, or do you feel like that's something you have to earn still? Well, I just think in general, you know, you, you, you know, if we're on the other side of it, you know, we feel better or different, you know, and I think that you just have to, you know, as a coaching staff, you have to figure out ways not to foul. You know, we've talked a lot about it. Coaches really, you know, put an emphasis on that. Um you know, and, and, and not getting our hands in at times and, you know, using our chest more, which are, you know, things that we need to do better that other teams are doing. And, you know, all you can do is do your best, try to do what we're about. You know, we certainly need to limit those fouls and putting guys on the foul line. And, you know, but we've also got to be able to draw them ourselves, you know. And, you know, with the way the, the game's flowing, you know, there's certainly, you know, uh, an oddness to the flop call that's being called, you know, on both ends um, for us or any team in our league, you know, that, that um, flop call is kind of taking away some things with people feeling like they can take a charge or, or, you know, put their body in there. So sometimes those are, you know, 
getting there. We just got to make sure that we don't commit too many fouls early in the halves where they get in a bonus early, and that's really been a focus, you know, coming out of the second half, not getting them in a bonus early. But, you know, it's, it's a lot of times it's just what you're battling on the road. We just got to find a way to, to overcome the adversity. And, you know, if the refs are calling it, you know, tighter, then we got to be a little bit, you know, less aggressive with our hands. Um, if the refs are being a little more loose and letting things away, then obviously you can get away with it. But you got to adjust because every, every ref staff, every, every crew that does the games, they're all different, you know, and, you know, you can't expect them to be the same because coaches, you know, we're all the same uh, in regards to, you know, giving refs sometimes too much of a hard time. But, you know, you just got to play within what's being called in the game. And, you know, we'll do that, make adjustments. We just got to foul less, in all honesty. I mean, you know, we got to do better with our chest and our feet and less with our hands. So, uh, Stephen Ashworth has now inserted himself in the starting lineup as a starting point guard after Allen Jones was injured and he's come back. Was that a decision based on the fact of what you've seen out of Ashworth? Or was that out of something you said, you know, Rylan right now coming off the bench helps us more? Well, Coach just made the decision that we, you know, we when Rylan was out, obviously we didn't want that to happen. You know, you don't want it to happen to anyone It's you know, that's a member of your program, much less a, a valuable starter. But, you know, Coach made the decision that, you know, we had played pretty good on that stretch there, and he didn't want to disrupt it. And Ryland's a, Ryland's a team player. He gets it. He wants to win. It's all he cares about. So, you know, he, he made the decision that, you know, at the moment, you know, and there, there may be adjustments here as we move forward, you know, game to game. And, you know, I think that it's, it's – um, for us, it's just something that Coach decided that, you know, as he wanted to stick with um, – Nothing wrong with Riley still playing almost the same number of minutes. So, you know, just like don't mess with it. That's kind of coaches. You know, he's been a lot like that through the years um, that I've been with him. He he kind of sticks with guys. He doesn't like to mess with a routine. And you know, but Ryland's good with it. And, and you know, Ryland. I mean, if something happens and Ryland needs to step back in, he's he's ready to go. And he's certainly done that. You know, coming off the bench. So, Coach Nate Dixon from Utah State Men's Basketball. Coach, I don't want to. I don't want to gloss by the season. There's still some several games to be played. If I can ask you, Utah is a unique situation as a, a, a someone who moved here myself. It's unique, and so in terms of the recruiting and stuff like that, how would you guys evaluate, um, or, or maybe how would you change what you do in year two as opposed to year one coming into this just different setting, sports world in terms of recruiting and such? Well, you know, I think here they. they, they the guys that have had success have really not deviated much from the, the, the plan of, you know, the kind of kids that fit the culture here and fit what coach wants, you know, and that's, that's obviously, you know, a mix of, of, of LDS mission kids that have come back and had great success here at Utah state. You know, they're, they're older, they're more mature. They understand it. They, they get what you're trying to do. Um, you know, they've grown up a little bit in life and, and had a great experience away so they come back, they're a little older, uh, you know, and, and, and happy to play because they've been away from the game for a few years. They've had some great success with that. They've had a great success with taking some high school kids, you know, and then mixing in JUCOs um, here, you know, and, and, and that's been the good balance. So, you know, Coach's plan is to not deviate from it. The difference is is that junior college now is almost Division One transfer portal. So, you know, instead of going and taking a, a two- or three-year JUCO kid that can play, you know, and make an impact, you hope, right away, you know, you can now, you know, try to take kids from the transfer portal, which is essentially a junior college because they can play right away. So that's deviated recruiting a little bit and put a wrench in it for a lot of people. And, you know, I, I actually have a 
soft spot because a lot of high school kids get left out right now with the way this thing's come about and with COVID. And, you know, it's hard for kids that have worked their whole lives to, to get, you know, an opportunity to try to play in college. And playing Division One all the way down to non-Division One to Division Threes, you know, it's, it's hard. It's harder than kids think to, to get at one of those positions. And, we, you know, we're not going to deviate. Coach is not going to deviate. He's going to try to take the best player that fits the culture, that fits Utah State, and, you know, that really wants to win. Because that's really, at the end of the day, we want successful people on and off the court. We want high-character kids. And we want good basketball players. So, hey, Coach, final question. Obviously, tomorrow is senior night. You uh, honor three of them. Horvath, uh, Brock Miller, Justin Bean. Uh, I know you've only been able to spend one year with uh, with Bean and Miller, but what have you seen of those two and how much they've meant to Utah State University in the basketball program? I really hope, and, and we said this as a staff, you know, um, the last couple of nights we've been out recruiting a little bit and, and, you know, I've seen some some people that are, you know, and I, I hate to say, but I just hope that this place is full tomorrow night. Um, what those guys mean to this program is um, probably – unheard of um you know those two guys have come in here and and won a lot of basketball games um they're certainly a uh leader on the court off the court in the community you ask those guys to do anything on this campus or in this community they're the first to do it um they're very well spoken they were raised you know by great families and we've been blessed to be honest with you to be able to come here and just be one season of what they've brought to this university. It's it's actually unheard of, but it'll be a it'll be a, a somewhat of an emotional night, even though we've only been around them, you know, nine, ten months, eleven months. You know, it'll still be sad because um, you know you got to let those guys move on to the rest of their lives and careers with sports and their careers with their families. And uh, you know, but to say what they bring to this program, I don't know how you can even describe it in a word. Just um, you know, it's um, it's special what they've meant to this program, and you know I think they value what the people before them meant to this program and what they brought, and I think those guys have certainly carried the torch on, and hopefully you know someone else will follow. No better way to wrap it up than right there, Coach. Thank you so much for your time. Go raise hell tomorrow night. Good luck against Colorado State. Thanks for your time. Go Aggies. All right, thanks, Coach.